Welcome, everybody. Uh, Louise, we planned this uh, podcast, and I didn't remember that Europe had their time difference. So we're beginning an hour early, and Louise isn't here. So I'm going to ask questions today. And today we have a guest, which is so awesome. We're so excited. We have Abdi Asadi here, who is uh, a friend and my teacher, and just an incredible, awesome, spiritual dude. <laughs> what are you? Are you a, a dude? Liar. I'm a dude. I'm a dude. <laughs> okay, we're gonna see if we can get through this without like being too slap happy because it is 6 a.m. and uh, we haven't seen each other in a while and we're gonna be silly. So, um, so welcome, Abdi. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. So do you want to like to say a little bit like, who are you? I know that's that's sort of I'm an acupuncturist. I mean, professionally, what am I? I'm an acupuncturist and a spiritual counselor. Um, I've trained in acupuncture. I've been a practitioner 40 years now. Um, I've trained with shamanic, both indigenous as well as different shamanic schools. I've trained in psychotherapy a lot, Jungian analysis. So yeah, I'm sort of doing mishmash of things to get people back into themselves. <laughs> but you don't do acupuncture right I'm now, doing right? Acupuncture. Yeah, about six months before COVID, um, Grace, um, I stopped yeah. my acupuncture practice and moved upstate full time and I do phone sessions. So I sort of do what yeah. I did always, which is basically talk to people, speak with people. Um, so I've been doing that now. That's, that, that's my work. But the work has always been to get people back to their center. Yeah. But do you feel like, is there a difference in your practice now that you have sort of, you're not like physically next to people with the needles, like you're just yeah, doing it's spiritual. Actually more powerful because I can, you know, I was trained by a lot of different shamans to use mind. I mean, all these healing practices is mind affecting mind. So I've had a good four decades and, you know, thousands and thousands of people. So I can yeah, get so you... into people's energies through the phone and in many ways, is actually more pointed, where I can actually move more in a session. Um, it's interesting how I don't even need the body, or the body's not necessary. Although I find body really important, as I always tell people: yeah. yoga practice, martial arts practice, acupuncture, massage. Yeah, I'm you not have to point that. Yeah, but yeah. for me personally, I can actually move a lot. My interest is really getting people to their center. That's always my interest. I'll go to my deathbed. That being my interest, I find that's really the core. <laughs> You know, it's getting people in touch. To my deathbed. To my deathbed. <laughs> yeah, because it's there. interesting because it's like we've talked about this um, on this podcast too. It's like mm. I mm. always feel like like words, I mean, but you do more than just words. Like mm. you're, you have your energy is shifting the person that you're speaking to on the phone yeah. and then you do distill healing after, yeah. you know. So it's not just therapy, right? No. But I always feel like... Um, you know, the body element, if it's not there, then then if you don't include that yes. in your path or you're, you're moving forward, then you can't really shift. Well, we can dive into it right there. I mean, the body is really crucial. It really centers it. I mean, the mind is the problem, right? The mind jumping all over the place is the problem. <laughs> so as me and you talked about ad nauseum. So the body is a wonderful place to ground that energy and that awareness. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the little thing, like when you say, uh, feel your feet. Yes. 
The feeling of defeat is just to pull people. You know, everyone talks. We all talk about the moment. Um, we live in a hyper-individualized culture. So the thing me and you were talking about before, for example, with your daughter being on Instagram, being but it's not just teenagers. It's like everyone now. So the attention yeah. is going in nine million directions right now, right? So the body is a wonderful way. And the feet part is because literally from an energetic perspective, from the Chinese medicine, let's say a martial arts practice, mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. with yoga, where your awareness is, where the energy flows. So the heady part isn't just that we're not in the moment, but also we're pulling the energy out into the head. So the body really starves. So just that right now, I would invite people who are listening to us or watching this to literally just be aware of where their awareness is. And it sounds kind of funny. Where's my awareness? Oh, it's here. We'll look up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bring it down. Yeah. Right, soften the belly. Pull the energy down and mm-hmm. come into the feet. That's one of the things I do all the time. So part of my work when I do phone sessions, you know, I work on people the night before I sit with my list mm-hmm. one by one, I go through them and I feel mm-hmm. my body by starting the sessions. I do the same things today. For example, I'll be working before mm-hmm. our session. I was doing this. I go through the names and I sit in my body with the person and I get mm-hmm. in my body, the information I need for them. You know, this mm-hmm. person is going through this, or this person needs to be reminded of this. It comes, there's no, I doing it. The no. I gets out of the way by being in a body and then the information comes in and of course, the messages. Yeah, and there's a permission, right? So when people make an appointment, I have permission. I always ask people, I have permission. There's a permission. You don't just go voyeur because you can do that. You can voyeur once you psychically open up. You don't do that. That's not kosher. No, because that's, that's a, yeah, it's a boundaries. Boundary. It's a boundary. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, so the feeling, the feet thing is a really big thing. You know, yeah. me and you have talked about, this, especially for me and you, as people who use substances to deal with our pain when mm-hmm. we're younger it's very easy to abdicate the body. We just go up and out. And this culture, everything is up and out. And you know, we're so focused, especially with these mediums that we use, people are not present. So I- Yeah, but I the rant. connection the connection of the body is- It's, it's like- Yeah, well, the body is 200 yeah. years old. This thing is 200 years old, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I always say this, it's, it's the body, there's a lot of wisdom there. But so we, much. Well, so much, but we use, you know, in this culture, because of this hyper-individualization, the body has become a commodity, like everything's become a commodity. So it's not, a, it's not a thing that we have a relationship with. It's something we do things to. We dress it, we wash it, we make it fit, you know, make it look a certain way. There's all the cultural <laughs> norms, right? It's like, there's no, no but relationship. The, yeah, I mean, it's the objectifying of the body. Yes, right? yes, that's what I mean by but, commodity, yes. Yeah, correct. so I mean, I think about this a lot because I still even though I've been sober for 25 years, yeah. I still at points treat my body like a dumpster. Sure, sure. I mean, that, that's a part of how this culture works, right? I mean, yeah. you remember the, the, the joy and the pain of this time is this individualization. But a part of it is yeah. there's no relationship. The I has become so separate from this yeah. container, right? Yeah, the, the larger I. The larger The soul I. The soul I yeah. has really... So all the stuff with the metaverse now, like people are really being herded into even less connection with it. You know, go into the metaverse and put these goggles on and just get out, out, out. Part of what happens with that, besides being total um, frenemies with our bodies, we we have no relationship with it, right? And the less relationship and the people that kind of herd people and come up with these technologies, they're even more disconnected. There is no sense of the (sighs) body-mind. But you know, and it's like, practice. 
It's a what? Wonderful, it's a wonderful time for practice. I mean, it's yeah, it's graduate school. Yeah. So I mean, the things that we've talked about on here, I mean, Louise, when, and you know because you've listened to some of this stuff, but yeah. you know, it's like feeling the feet. Uh, and things like I, I always talk about, like the, the breathing through the nose. I do the combo of those, those like, so I breathe through my nose, feel the air coming in and out of my nostrils, the feet on the ground. And it's kind of like a, like a balance, like a boomerang balancing thing, like nose, feet, Beautiful. nose, feet. Beautiful. And, you know, but it took me a really long time, even though I've been meditating forever to, to actually not just be sort of from yeah the chest up well remember there's a lot of um the body has memories right so this thing has a lot of memory so part of the difficulty with that is as we drop in it has to be gradual because you get overwhelmed with the wounds and the and the pain that comes up with it right there's yeah. a lot of pain and this is one of the things in the awakening process and i love the name of your podcast you know awakening is a process it's not an event Exactly. The event is an invitation. Yeah. Some people, like I had yeah. it, you had it, we have these Kundini experiences where people have these moments when they, with their horse. Like it's a power. beautiful Shakti pot and exactly. forever their life has changed. Yeah. That didn't happen to me. Well, it doesn't. So it happens to, <laughs> yeah, it happens to Ramana Maharshi. The rest of us suckers yeah. have to yeah. <laughs> slog through it, right? And this is one another thing that's, we're also highly psychological beings. A lot of the, information that's passed on from these cultures, whether it's India, Japan, India, uh, Tibet, you know, people weren't so hyper-individualized. So the psychology part as Westerners, which I really consider the world now, it's very important to deal with the psychology of it. So there, mm -hmm. there's a whole part, which is spirituality, which is the invitation in my own experience. But, you know, I've worked with people for 40 years. I mean, thousands and thousands of people. The psychology part is also really important, which when you sit and you do the breathing and you feel your feet and this emotion mm -hmm. comes up, sometimes it just releases. You mean, so when you say the psychology part, you mean? Woundings, psychological woundings. Yeah, like dealing with that, like like not yes. doing this spiritual bypass, which you talk about in your book. Yes. Like, yes. like if you don't deal with, because we actually last a few episodes ago, we talked about, like I wrote a blog called Healing Subconscious Patterns. This is wonderful. And thank you. And like, it's about basically like all the different things on the palette. And we already talked about this with the the body yeah. and the, you know, the psychology part. Yeah. And, and I think for me now, I can do, I can meditate through the psychology. Beautiful. But 20 years ago, I'd have to talk to a therapist or a sponsor yeah. or something to sort of, but now I can, I can objectify like a pattern right. comes up you name and it. Since I, I name it. And since I have awareness on, yes. you know, I, everything has distance between me and the yes. pattern itself. Yes. It can dissolve. Yeah. Um, it comes up, it has a life and dissolves. So, but the therapy but, part is actually important. So that's the part of 20 years. And that's the part, especially, I, I mean, had to do that. You had to do that. It's changed a lot. I mean, back in the day, let's say 40 years ago, the psychology part was like, well, if you're doing spiritual work, you don't need that. And I can also say people can do therapy for 40 years and not get the work. You actually need the work both combined. But the psychology part, one thing I would say, given that you deal with in this podcast about awakening, the psychology has to also be married to the spirituality. I mm -hmm. very rarely see people who have healthy enough childhoods that that stuff isn't there. I mean, a lot of people, most that I come across, I would say, who've really gone on a spiritual path, 
was a push against um, psychological wounding. Psychological yeah. wounding. That's the invitation, right? It's like <laughs> me and you doing drugs. It wasn't because things were great. It was like, oh, I don't want to feel this. Let me just oh, my God, you right? Know. But it was the solution temporarily. Absolutely. From the pain. Yeah, no, yeah. So so there's no judgment, right? It's all understanding. No. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's a temporary solution, right? It really is. It's not I never mm-hmm. judge that stuff because I know and I you know, I, I cut my teeth working in clinics and South Bronx and Lower East Side working with addicts. It's always pain. It's nothing so but compassion pain. for that. It's so much pain. So the pain has to be addressed. One of the dangers on the path is we can go to spirituality, and I've seen this a gazillion times, and I did it myself. Gazillion. Gazillion. Well, because we go into the spirituality as a way of another Band-Aid for the pain. So, right? so the cocaine gets um, replaced with a drug or a behavior. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah this worse of the wiser. The no, I mean, you know, I've, like, it's like when you go to an ashram, which I've been to a couple of times with my kids, because we did, did like these yoga camps at the Shivananda Ashram in mm-hmm. upstate New York. And, you know, some of the times there's people that like live there, but, you know, they're they're bonkers. Yes. Yes. Well, we're they're just... So this is another thing that's really important, right? A lot of these spiritual paths were for monastic life. What's also interesting mm-hmm. in this life is to balance being a householder, which was a dirty name, like we're in India, householder. Yeah. I'm a yeah. monk. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It, the, the game ups a lot to be a householder. And then. For you, for example, with your daughters, that becomes your practice. And with yeah. your husband, that's your yeah. practice. And with your horse, yeah. that's your practice. Like the practice is in the world. The life. life. And that's, I mean, that's what Awakening 101 as a concept is about. Right. Right. Like how do we live life, have the bumps that we have with, right. you know, disease and COVID or whatever you want to say, right. and then find opportunities within right. that and to move oh, through. Oh, life gives them to you. Oh, to- <laughs> life, life gave me a, a lot of them, Abdi. How shocking for all of us. No. That's the work, and it comes every day. It's all grist for the mill, right? It's Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. I was sitting with it this morning. I was sitting before our session, four yeah. in the morning, and I was really sitting with that piece of, you know, it really, as you get older and as you get deeper into the practice, the identification with the problems becomes less. So it processes quicker. So that's the gift of it too. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. You know, so you. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but you still, the work is still, but it gets quicker and quicker, and there's less and less identification because you know, as you know, with the path, it becomes narrower and narrower until it becomes a razor's edge where behaviors just can't be done, and old wounds come up, and old behaviors that were, for example, for us, for me, and you as addicts, you know we might say something or be harsh or whatever and you catch it quicker you catch it quicker so there's, there's a level mm-hmm. of compassion towards self and there's a level where the self is really kept to the fire or like this can happen and then you know it also it does get lonely because a lot of behaviors not just not behaviors fall also people we're fall. so lonely <laughs> it's not lonely it's funny you're joking no. and i know what you mean yeah. it is yeah. but it isn't because the alone is all one of the, course, the, the yeah. Lonely, the loneliness yeah. is a part of it. I mean, it really becomes that. But then you're so juiced up by your own presence, which is the divine's presence through you, that yeah. that becomes the ultimate relationship. And you yeah, can't I mean, afford that for anything. Yeah, like it's like the you know people ask me that like do you do you miss? I mean, I I, I could say that if I go to Sweden, which I'm doing tomorrow, I'm going to Sweden, yeah. and uh, do you, are you going to miss you know your husband? And yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. No, it's different. It's, well, it's, 
it's different. Because it's like he's part of my field somehow. Yeah, and also you're really present in the moment. So that missing thing is very interesting. I find the missing thing because people aren't present. If you're sucking the marrow the whole time, and it's yeah. not always like, oh, this is wonderful. It's like my marrow sometimes with your spouse is like, I want to take a shovel and bury you in the yard. Yes, but that happens <laughs> quickly. And then you go into the next level of like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is this is my partner. This this is what I'm and whatever that is, it can be your child, it can be your pet. That, when you're sucking the marrow out of it by super being present, not mm-hmm. being somewhere else all the time, which is most of mm-hmm. us, then that mm-hmm. also helps not the missing because you're in a moment with it. It's a process. And then, yeah, because I'm here right now. Like, that's it. Yeah. And, and yeah. Then, you know, there, there's this thing too with awakening, which is love over fear. There's an invitation. Which is what awakening is. Awakening, all it is, is an invitation, right? Whatever. It comes I love that you said that. Like, so, can you say more of what you mean by invitation? Sure. So, people have, let's say, traditional awakening process, like Kundalini experience, or a moment mm-hmm. of oneness in the field, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I see this now with the advent of you know people doing hallucinogens, MDMA, and ayahuasca, and you know, yeah. psilocybin. Right? They can be very, very helpful. It's very similar to the spiritual practice in that. It can be a tricky thing where we feel like I am Atma, as opposed to Atman is I. The I am is right. That's a big part of it. So the invitation, part of what happens with the invitation, kind of people kind of don't really read the invitation. I am God. They're like, well, not really, brother. Let's dig in a little bit deeper. God is I is a very different experience. So that invitation, the first part of it, there's a lot of work to go. So. So a very common thing for actually most people is to actually get stuck in that for a while or 10 mm-hmm. years where the mm-hmm. ego even gets more fortified. The ego doesn't understand that its head is on a chopping block. It doesn't understand that it's, there's no I. The, the I, I am, if you stop there, yeah. we're good. Yeah. I am this, whoa, back it up. Yeah. So the yeah. invitation is, you know, it takes time after that. And the ego doesn't want to hear that. Our egos want it to be immediate and quick. And, you know, it's like when you realize the work that you're going like, Holy shit, how it's, the this path go? is it's long. Like, I can't do it. I am God. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. So the spiritual things do that, but I also really see that it's a very common thing. You know, mm-hmm. I had Kundalini experiences back in the day, which are very profound and they're fun when you look back. But there's a reason why the masters say, don't get lost in those journeys. You get the mm-hmm. same thing. You see the oneness. You see past lives, future lives. Ah, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason they say they don't, they don't do that because that's a high. The ego gets a hold of that. And I see that a lot. So yeah. I was a go-to guy for this Kundalini stuff for, for a while in the city when people go to. Yeah, I was. It was like, you know, it was a couple of hundred people over 40 years that came. And it was amazing how all of us had the same experience. We yeah. had this experience. It was amazing. Oh, I'm, I am, I am. Like, whoa, whoa, you got to chill with that I am stuff. And there's no you that's got to chill. Just chill with the I am yeah. stuff. Then you drop into the real world. Yeah. And the real work can look boring till we actually get the joy of like. Oh, it's, yeah, totally. I mean, it's because it's, I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to the I am that thing because I was thinking about something. But yesterday I stayed, I was at home and I was working on something. And that's all I did all day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was so in the moment the whole day that I was like, I'm kind of bored, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that it's just because I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm like just working on this thing and I yeah. want to get it done. So I'm just going to do that. And I don't think about other things while I'm working. I'm just thinking about the thing that I'm, but, but it just gets so the presence that you can, when you are in it, you can feel the, the, the complete grounding because it's almost like, how do I describe, you know, it's like 
it's out out there you know it's it's yeah it's like a it's just right here right now becomes a visceral experience yes it's the habit Uh, at the board the boredom is a habit so yeah right it's just more and more relationship with the moment and these words always fail but it's more and more relationship with the moment and when the boredom comes it's just a habit and sometimes there's psychological woundings that have to be tended to sometimes a little boy little girl inside of us sometimes as simple as just sitting with that part being like what is it what is it that you want and that excitement mm-hmm. really comes the, the drive for excitement comes when we're not in full relationship with the moment now yeah. these are really heady things right at the same time you also have to make room for humanity and sometimes you just want to go out and you're upon your horse, on your bike, or just walking outside your street or whatever it is, and you come back to it. It's not like this forcefully thing. And there are times where you actually have to sit with that loneliness or that boredom and be like, what is this about? Mm-hmm. And the second you sit with these things, they just... The sitting with stuff yes. is... Well, that's the work, like, right? That's There's like, that's like PhD program. Yes, it's being present with it. That's that's the word. Sitting the word. down and just like because I, I we were talking about this when we talked about the the process of surrender. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I've been talked to you about like David Hawkins, David Hawkins, I, you know, the book mm-hmm. uh, Letting Go, uh, Pathway to Surrender. And he talked I, I, when I went through that process, the sitting down, I would literally physically go sit on on a chair. Yes. So that I could do what he told me, which is feel the feelings and let them have their life and then yes. have them dissolve. Yes. And I would have to, like, if I was in a rage, which I was in rage all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you have no idea what it's like to be in a rage, but um, I would just, you know, I would just go sit down and just sit. And then sometimes I would do these like angry letters. I'm like, F you, F you, F you, F you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, huh. Yay. So there's th- that's really important what you're saying. So there's three things that we do with emotions, two that we do all the time, one that we don't do. One is to repress them. That's, yeah. that's sort of the American way. The second is to act them out, which is yep. you know, when we say Karens or all those jokes we make about like people just having a meltdown. The one that we don't do, which is what you just described, is just to feel them. And in order to feel them, which is very uncomfortable, is to learn to tolerate them. And they shift yeah. when you can do that. But we usually have to bounce between the first two for a while, a while, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, till we actually get to a point where we can feel them. And then the tolerating them is what shifts them, right? And that yeah. tolerating piece, that's where the body piece comes out. And yeah, accepting that, you know, I, I'm, because a lot of people, they also, they, they, okay, let's, for example, they're angry. Yeah. But then they get upset that they're angry. Yes. Well, because also those things, that, that's where the psychological intervention is really important because you could be a child where you weren't allowed to be angry, which is a common yeah. thing. Or you have this perfectionist yeah. thing where you want to be uber controlling, which is a bulimia or anorexia of emotions where you want to really yeah. control everything. And these things always yeah. add up and then just blow up. So these are part and parcel of what we're talking about. The invitation to awakening is all these things that that moment, like I am God, you don't realize like, holy shit, there's decades of work ahead of you. but even that part it's like there is no option there is no option the only option is to dig in and spirit is very kind right she she guides you she holds your hand but it doesn't look like in the moment it's like you're trying to put mud in your mouth and your mom just takes the mud out of your hand and says no don't eat the mud i want a mud and puts a carrot that, that you just have to make room for that so we're just saying this laughingly but we also know from me and you it's been quite an arduous process 
but there is uh, it's a long process. process. And I always think about like, are, are people going to listen to this and be like, that sounds like way too much. I, I give up already. Well, you don't listen to this <laughs> because you listen to it. You're guided to listen to us because you actually are at a point <clears throat> where there's no option to go yeah. forward. So that's the thing also. There, 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 there's yeah. a beautiful synchronicity underneath it all, orchestrating it. Yeah. I mean, no person in their right mind would listen to this. I'd rather go watch Netflix. But the person <laughs> that listens to this is like, oh, something's going on. There's something stirring. Or yeah. I've been doing this for yeah. so long. Can I pick something else up to ease my path? So we get guided to these things. So, okay, so let's ask you, do you, what is your sort of first moment that, that you can like remember where you might have thought like, okay, wait, you know, when you were a kid or like early teens, like me, like when you had, like you just said, like, you know, you're guided to something like when was, I mean, it was, I'm sure it was before you started doing drugs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you want you want to get out there. I was actually talking to someone about this recently. You know, I remember being an infant, like b- below two, and seeing lights, like being in my crib and seeing lights, and having this feeling of this very heavy entity that was size of a pea, like a pea that that the, the legume. Yeah, green pea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me like forty five, fifty years to realize that that was actually a feeling of a black hole. That's what a black hole is you know, yeah. quantum physics of this tiny thing that has all the mass of all the planets, but it's tiny. And then these feelings, yeah. so I always had these feelings, which always kind of showed me that there was something behind the curtain, that the reality, yeah. and I would see lights, used to scare the hell out of me. And I remember of being course. a kid, you know, my dad worked for UNICEF, so we lived around the world. I remember being a kid, maybe, I don't know, 11, 9, 10, 11, and um, being on the rooms of a temple. And mm-hmm. that's the first time I had this one-pointed mind experience just because whatever was in that sort of ruins was people had meditated probably from 800,000 years. So I remember. Being Where was father. the temple? Uh, it, it was in Northern India. I don't remember now because my dad, again, used to travel around, but it was outside of Delhi. I think it was outside of Delhi and um, just sitting on it. And in the mornings, there was a UN hostel where we would stay and me and my brother would make our way there and we'd go to play there, but actually we wouldn't play. I would just sit and just have this experience. So that's yeah. the first time I was like, Again, no words, I had no understanding, but I knew it was special. So that so was the like, energy at the temple sort of brought exactly. you. Exactly. Energy of the it. temple. You know, you know how it is when you go to temples. I've had this experience in Zen or, or you know, Ramesh Belshakar, you know, Nisargadatta student that I studied with in India. When you would go around these cats or these women or these uh, places that there was a lot of deep oneness, the mind actually synchronizes, like the yeah, houses yeah. we're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, that was the experience, and then I had these sort of several Kundalini experiences. In my what life. age were you? You think? Uh, I mean, I always forget these things, especially the older I get. But it was like eighteen, nineteen, and then twenty-one, twenty-two. They were really profound, mm-hmm. and the last one was really profound, and it scared me so much that I didn't sleep for like six months. I was actually scared to go to sleep because I thought I was going to die. These are words. It was way more intense, but you know, psychic abilities, seeing past lives, seeing future lives, knowing oneness, like really knowing mm-hmm. and the eye got removed out of the place and the classic thing that happens where you think you're enlightened you're like oh this is great and then and then mm-hmm. i was actually practicing too at the time one time i was in my early 20s where i could put my finger on people's third eyes and the shakti pot thing lasted only a couple of months so it was just sort of like extraordinary experiences yeah the, the cities the cities, yeah, you cities. Know, and which again this is what i'm saying <laughs> the, the danger of those things that's why all the teachers say get rid of them but they come up and I remember to the point where I started hearing voices and I was like, 
okay, mother, oh, shit. we stop now because I'm going to go to Bellevue and get like a literally walking down and hearing stuff being like, get up, be like, we stop now. But they did do something. Leave me alone. What, what, like, leave me alone because I'm going to go crazy. But the gift yeah. of it was it showed the bigger part. But the curse of it, as the curse of it, it is, and I've seen this with hundreds of people, is you start thinking you're special. And you don't realize that the psychological work is, boy, there it is. Here's a shovel. And man, this thing is granite. Good luck. Yeah. We'll see you in yeah. a couple of decades. So yeah. those things were profound in that they gave me a sense of like, oh, I didn't at the moment, I was too young to understand that, you know, there, there's a mountain of psychological work. And, you know, people like me and you have a, oh, look who's here. Me and you have um, AD. Hey. Hey. I was just Hi. about to say the secret of the universe and you interrupted. Why? Well, I forget now. How are you? Hey, Dom. <laughs> hey, Dom means goodbye. I know, but I just said that because you keep going out. How are you? How's it going? I'm wonderful. Fine. I've been so much looking forward to this. And I got in panic because when Vanilla wrote to me, you know, I can hear the music when someone is calling in on my phone. I was like, who's keep on calling all the time whenever, you know? And then, and then he's like, where are you? I was like, well, it's only 11 here. It's an hour. I'm so sorry, Louise. No, that, that's, you know, it's just, you know, it's just the universe. It's like this. We forgot that we, you know, we changed time here. So we've been chatting, Louise. Uh, what have we been chatting about? I don't even remember now because it was We're then. talking about awakening processes or what the process was for me. That's what you're asking. So I was telling yeah. you about these little Kundalini things and how the trick is that you think you're freaking enlightened. And guess what? It's just an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of work ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So Abdi was telling us about basically uh, his 20s, uh, the experiences that he was having, which actually are pretty far out, Abdi. Oh, they were out there. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, you know, I'm old now, so I've forgotten it, but it was very magical. And, you know, I was already a clinician. I started being a clinician at a young age. And, you know, I've talked about some of these things, but it was really wild. Like I would work with people and I could do these Shaktipat things and we'll be like, I mean, crazy stuff. I mean, I was one time I was doing biofeedback with this really sweet gentleman, <clears throat> you know, three piece suit, like that kind of thing. And I'm like out there, it's all one. God is here. Vishnu is in the room, you know? Yeah, I was like, this guy's nuts. And I put my uh, thumb on his third eye and gave him this like jolt of energy. And like we both disappeared. Like our consciousness was there, but our bodies disappeared. I know it sounds, sounds crazy. Then he got scared and the bodies reappeared. I caught I, whatever I was at that moment, caught what had happened. So I put my finger on his third eye again. And this time we relaxed longer. And it was amazing because that is biofeedback equipment or he, he, you know, EEG stuff. So you could scan his brain. Scanning yeah. his brain. And it was like the machine, I remember to this day, the machine kind of went like flat. Like we actually left the building and we went to the roof and we were together. So we had an awareness together. The, the eyes were softened. And then this time we slowly came back into the room. It was like a really profound experience. And I ran to this guy years later. I had this African um, wall hanging and he asked me for a piece of it um, to remember the moment. I cut this little piece and gave it to him. And I remember years later running into him in Central Park. I'm sorry, in Washington Square Park. And uh, I didn't recognize him. He had long hair. This and that. It was like, that experience was so crazy. I quit my job. At some, I was working at IBM or something. And I'm in th this country, you know, taking care of kids who are like orphaned. I was like, it was a wild experience. So this, this, this stuff was out there, right? And but this guy, you write about him in your book. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. so, so yeah. the point being, like, these things are real, and they're and it was wonderful. I would never exchange it for anything, but they can also be tricky in that the magical is still of the realm. 
it's not like mm-hmm. it's another realm. It's still earthly bound. It's the, the, mm-hmm. the CDs and all these happen. There's a reason why the teachers warn us against it. I see this a lot with psychedelic experiences. People have these experiences on them and have these profound experiences, but that's just an invitation. That's an invitation mm-hmm. saying, okay, maybe this is not fully what it's it is. It's time to start. To start. It's time to begin. But that gets very confused, uh, especially in our culture that's so focused on these things. You know, we want magic. We're fucking bored, man. It's like, you know, how, how much food can you eat? How much drugs? How much sex? It's like, we want magic. It's like, yeah. I don't want to feel what I'm feeling. It's too yeah, boring. We, we want out. But then the magic becomes what you were describing, Pernilla, where like, yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm bored. But then that gets deeper and deeper. So then everything becomes magical in a different mm-hmm. quality. There's a difference between shooting cocaine and having a cup of tea. It's still a different experience. No way! It's hard to No tell. way! It's hard for you. I know it's hard to recognize that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's sort of the analogy I give people. It's like this, right? Because you don't want to be here so bad that you got to get this far out of your body. You're just having a cup of tea. And even that becomes too much. Like, well, let me just make some just have decaf because mm-hmm. the sensitivity becomes. So you're not trying to run away. The running away, no matter what it is, always creates more pain. Like anything you negate comes back and gives your ass whooping lovingly. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all light. It wants the best for you. It's mother, all of it, even when it looks so horrific outside, right? That, that's the part of it that kind of comes <clears throat> in. I mean, this is actually a good point where you said they're running away because Louise and I were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Remember, I, we talked about this last night, you and I, Abdi, but yes. this aspect of running now we're digressing and then we'll come back to the, the main questions. But, you know, all of us, I, I mean, I, less now, but we, we run through life. Mm. And, and uh, Louise and I had a moment this summer, which we also talked about, uh, Louise and I, when, when we were getting ready to go from one place to another and we're putting stuff in the car and we don't have to be there at a certain time. But Louise is moving really fast. And I go, and I do that too. I don't mean anything like that. But, and I said, Louise, move slowlier, mm-hmm. right? And then we, it's, it's, and it's, it's kind of like an example of, of something where, you know, but then again, I have people in my life, like my husband who doesn't move, move fast at all. He's mm-hmm. like the slowest guy on the planet. But this, this sort of running is, anxiety. starts when? Like, is it just, oh, we are uncomfortable? Well, yeah, it's anxiety, right? The fast movement is anxiety. I mean, it's really hard to appreciate how terrified we all are. So one of the things I was actually sitting with this morning before our session was one of the invitations with the awakening process is to go from survival to living. Yeah. You know, when I used to have my practice in the city, I used to treat really famous people, really wealthy people. It didn't make a difference. Everyone was running. This idea mm-hmm. that once I have this amount of money, then I'll slow down. Nope. Mm-hmm. Once I have this level of prominence, and I'll slow down. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's very profound what you're saying. Part of the running thing is, see, part of my work has been working with death and dying. And one of the things that always broke my heart, holding people, whether they were young people with AIDS or people with cancer or old people who are dying natural deaths, they had never tasted life. They would actually verbalize that. They would mm-hmm. pretty much say without saying what you just said, Pernilla, which is, I've been mm-hmm. running my whole life. So that's a really painful thing at 89 on your deathbed to realize. So the part of the slowing down, which is also the culture, does everything not to allow it. Because remember, yeah. this culture has a consciousness, and the consciousness needs you to consume. And in order for you to consume, mm-hmm. it needs you to be divorced from yourself. And in order to be divorced from yourself, it needs you to be running. Mm-hmm. There's the loop for you. Mm-hmm. So. 
part of this anxiety tolerance. So you do yoga to do it. You do pranayama. You do martial arts. You might need medication for some time. Is to actually learn to tolerate the anxiety. Once you tolerate it, you realize it's just a background noise. It's mm-hmm. not you. But that part, remember, people literally wake up now from the second they wake up. The phone is on, then the coffee goes in, and then yeah. it's nonstop. It's not just that we're all busy. We are. You know, I mean, I don't have children. You guys have children. I can't even imagine what that brings to the game. But I've been around enough people, and I used to deliver babies. I, I've seen the process of what it does. But still, it's not just that. Because I have a lot of single friends, or I treat a lot of single people. They're doing the same thing as you two, getting the kids, getting up, breakfast and school and all that. The anxiety piece is literally the part of the ego mind that never wants to dissipate and soften. And the culture does a good job at it. And I always say, culture is not your friend. Meaning, we have all, through our unconscious, designed this thing to divorce ourselves from reality. And the game has Mm -hmm. gone as far as it can. We've become as hyper-individuated as we can become. The next step is going to be going to the hyperspace, which is, again, fine. That's what people want to play, but you're really going to lose touch with yourself. Mm-hmm. Part of sort of this craziness that's going on is people are so divorced from themselves that not, 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 not that they're not in their body, now they don't even want a body, they just want to go into a hyperspace, totally devoid, actually even a physical body. That's what mm-hmm. that makes game piece. That's this whole transhumanism mm-hmm. craziness. And you don't, if you don't have a grounding in here, there's such a terror of death that that becomes even more magnified. So now they want to take their consciousness and put it into a machine because they don't want to die. It's like, dude, that's all a game. Like, you're still in the dream. Like, the game is in the dream, have some level of awakening. And that's an invitation. It's all good. Everyone's waking up at the end. We've all set alarm clocks in our lives to wake us up. My experience was my soul's alarm clock for this dummy to be like, yeah, dude, I know you've done this 3,000 times. I'm going to give you this at this age and give another one at this age and then another one because you're really sick. And then we'll get to the work, right? We set these alarm clocks. To your point. Well, the universe sets the. Well, yeah, the universe, you, when I say you, it's not I, the personality, it's I, the soul. The soul is the universe. These words get very tricky and different cultures have different intonations for them and different explanations. But you were saying earlier, Pernilla, before you were on, Luisa, where, you know, who would listen to this? Well, the person who's going to listen to this is someone who's going to be guided to listen to this because the soul has got this. Mm-hmm. is like, go listen to this thing. It's not like, <laughs> let me just kill an hour, listen to these fucking three knuckles. Yeah. It's I got nothing else to do. Yeah, let's yeah, just listen yeah, to so, talk. So, about, people so, talk about spirituality. You know, the three of us sitting here is so beautiful. You're in Sweden and you're in, me and you're in the States sitting here talking like the magic of this, of this technology, <clears> bringing three uh, people. I love it. Interest. It's beautiful. That is the beauty of also has to be remembered in, in the midst of a nightmare that we're having collectively. Right mm-hmm. now with this war that's going on, another one on top of everyone else's painful things. There is a beauty in this, right? And the beauty mm-hmm. is we do our work as a gift to mother, however mm-hmm. you want to describe that, but also as a gift to our brothers and sisters who are not having this experience, who have forgotten us. But at the end of the day, we don't have a choice. Like yeah. three of us being here, you at 11 o'clock with your time change miss, <laughs> us at 6, 6 a.m., we don't have a choice. It's like, here we are. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's something really beautiful on that. And that, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it's like, what else is, what else for me? And I think for Louise too, it's like, what else is there? So that's the I beautiful mean, part because you both have lived enough and have suffered enough to get to this place. Yeah. That only comes through that, yeah. right? Very yeah. few people. I got to say, I've treated 12,000 people in 40 years. I don't really see people who are like, life's great. Let me go wake up. It's not like that. It's just sort of like, 
thing inside like something's up like i don't know man there's got to be something else in this right? life sucks i gotta go do something yeah there's yeah. always that pain but that pain yeah. is limitation and then yeah. the thing i was saying to you earlier before you came on louise where you know people are in survival mode they're not living regardless no, no, of that, that. Living. So true. So true. this is the invitation yeah. that will go from survival to living not when mm. this zero comes in a bank account although <clears throat> i've had no money it's nice to have a little bit of money yeah we think about that yeah but i know people have like four homes who don't have that feeling so it's not just an external thing that's a real thing you can't poo poo that stuff so you know i think about what you said about the survival mm -hmm. i think about this a lot especially after covid um that now we're all stuck in fi fight or flight mm. before it was just a little bit but like i feel like it's sort of like it like a sped up our fight or flight yeah. and and that's <clears> why like when you I, I think about this when i like i go to new york and i have to drive home and i'm like wait a minute it's the traffic is worse yeah. than it was before COVID. sure hmm. i mean well also you live in a culture that um and this is just my, my experience you live in a culture that actually proliferates fear everything we're about, supposed to be afraid of and is a form of control now, we, we don't need to get into the machinations of it. Is it on purpose? Is it some <clears throat> fascist entity? Or is it just that we're all unconsciously are really comfortable with fear? But fear mm -hmm. is the food of the culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, the terror is mm -hmm. going to get you. Oh, my God, COVID is going to get you. Oh, my God, there's a new variant. Oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like, okay, so where is the moment where we just go like, <sighs> right? So yeah. the slowing yeah. the down, new, the divorcing, yeah. that's yeah. where the sitting couple of minutes yeah. a day, whether it's on a yoga mat, whether it's in a martial arts, where it's just in your home, turn everything or the Or the forest. Yeah. But some people Ooh, who live in nature. New York City, you know, they might not have the forest. Yes, I, I, I'm a big fan of nature. I, that's why I live in nature. But it, it's regardless, the nature is in here. Because I also yeah. go on these hikes and then the people on their phones with the music on and they're like looking at the phone. I, I see this now all the time. I'm just like, oh my God. like it's like a bad yeah. movie where they're literally yeah. bumping into you in nature looking at their phone. Yeah. You're like, you know, it's like it's the so mind crazy. is taking the body for a walk. It's like mm -hmm. the wildest yeah. thing. It's like you yeah. take a dog yeah. for a walk. So, but I guess it's it's better than nothing. Well, I'm not judging it. I'm just observing. So one of the things yeah. also with awakening, this is really important. We just said it's not about judgment. <laughs> it's about observation. Right? Yeah. Judging exactly. is like fucking asshole. Observation is like, oh, I look at it like, where am I doing that? Is there a part mm -hmm. of it? That's observation is important. Sometimes on a yeah. spiritual path, people are like, well, you, it's not about judgment. You're judging. It's like, no, dude, you gotta observe observation it's all mm -hmm. you that's an aspect of yourself the person mm -hmm. doing that is me it's not something outside i mean it's like if that person was doing that some part of me is uh, playing in that game right mm -hmm. so this is mm -hmm. also discernment discernment versus judgment this is about discernment mm -hmm. so what i take it back into me like what do i do that we all do that right running and take the phone i want to go take a shit and i take the phone it's just like dude just take a fucking shit so just put down for two seconds and just have that experience right i don't know what type of experience i just only knew, but yeah oh um, god do we have i think we have to blip them on out i think go right ahead so louise just absolutely, so we can like bring absolutely, in absolutely not i think that should stay oh yeah 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 definitely so louise like, I know that we sort of like be like, we like gone through the whole, almost the whole episode already. Like, but was it some, like, tell me if you had something that you were like, okay, I'm going to start with this. Like, is there something that you want to sort of like bring us together with the questions that we had? Or is it, it just, or we should, we're just continuing. Cause I just you thought might, about I, like, I, maybe I, you had I, some. 
No, but I think it's difficult because, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys talked about before. So it's, it's, it's Wait, really, you know, I, I don't know. And, and as you said, Abdi, I'm, I'm kind of observing you two. And I, mm. and I, I try to, you know, just arrive here in, in after in space. From, yeah. From, yeah. from where I just were. And um, sorry to stress you out, too. Well, do, you any, no, 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 do you have any definitely. questions that maybe we haven't gone over? Is there any things you want to bring in? And we'll tell you if there's something we haven't. If there's, yeah. But I was so, you know, I had to check out your website yesterday. So mm -hmm. I, 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 I checked out you and I heard so much about you through Panela. So mm -hmm. I was really, you know, excited to hear about your journey. And, and, and I think, as you just said, it's so wonderful that we can be joined like this mm -hmm. and speak the same language that that the words are just resonating and you know it brings up um you know different sensations in my body and and you know different thoughts in my mind and 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 covering you know the thing of running and and uh, you know the flight or fight really you know i i i get something that comes up in my mind you know and and what i at least for me it's really important to tap into my conscious attitude of how I'm meeting myself uh, and the present moment, because I'm in a huge challenge in, in you know, about uh, a divorce in my life. And I think that, you know, I go very much up and down. And when I'm in that free <clears throat> space of, of behind everything, I can't be in a better space. But as soon as I get triggered by something, it's really hard to, to not get trapped into that false self. I really had to stop myself several times during the day and say, what attitude do I want to meet this with? It's a lot of awareness with that attitude of how to proceed from moment to moment, you know? The betrayal yeah, that but... comes up in divorce, you know, we've been through it. It's fucking brutal. And, you know, part of it is also when you get on a spiritual path, a lot of things fall away, right? Like yeah. it's, it's a common thing where people get divorced or go through that breakup. I love what you said, you know, one of the experiences, and I know you're kind of saying that, is when you do the spiritual work, it's not that the pain of a betrayal doesn't come up or the pain of I've known this person that long, how are they acting like this, or we have these children together, how can it be so crazy? It's just that one processes it quicker because one really meets it head on. The heartbreak is real. The betrayal is real. The grief is real. The rage is real. And then you go like, oh, I'm not that person anymore. And it, something, you know... Back in the day, I used to treat people who would talk about a divorce from 40 years past. It used to break my yeah. heart for them. They're living in it. You won't have that experience. You will feel the pain more intently in the moment than maybe that person did. That when it leaves, it leaves. And there's a part to make room for humanity. But the spiritual work is real. And that actually makes you process those things quicker. And it's mm -hmm. brutal. My heart goes out. You've been through it. It's very brutal. And at the end of the day, it's love over fear. Right? The awakening mm -hmm. process is really the invitation of love over fear. And all those feelings, rage, anger, hatred, they're real. you got to process them. But it's really fear. When we choose love, and we're not choosing love, oh, I love this person. It's not a personal love. It's interpersonal, uber personal, which is a love. And it's like, well, you have these amazing kids. And they came through because they chose to two parents to have this experience. It doesn't mean now these parents have to stay together. And that's really on a soul line. They've, they've, they've signed a dotted line to have these experiences. But I'm seeing a lot of separations and breakups these last couple of years. Part of it is because people are waking up at different times. Now, that sounds so obvious. Sure, that's true. But it really is also a spiritual mm. thing where one person is going like, hey, I really want to be here. A person's like, I don't want to be here. Oh. We respect that. I just don't want to be here. I want to be here. Whatever. I don't, I don't mean up or down. But it is sort of an up or down in terms of mm. frequency. And it's painful. And yet, congratulations. I have the courage to do it. Mm. Because I also have treated a lot of people 
for miserable marriages mm. 20 years later and they, they stay they stay they destroy the kids mm. they destroy themselves and there's that anger and there's a there's a death in them so my heart goes out to you and also congratulations for having the courage mm. and you know talk to your uh, soon-to-be ex on a soul level i want this to be done peacefully i do this with people all the time having gone through what you've gone through Lisa, it's just really on a soul level like god we came together at one point because there was love i want to do my best to let this go of love let this go with love and the other person most more of the time is like fuck you i don't want to let this go in love i want to trash you because how can you not be what i want you to be and how dare you change your mind and then you make room for that and you talk on a soul level but i guarantee you with the work that you're doing you'll let this go way faster yeah. and the pain is real it's brutal i mean man it's brutal the stuff that people pull through these things you're like man we shared a decade two decades whatever together how the hell you can be such a fucking freak yeah. all of a sudden yeah, that's yeah. your childhood wounding and your childhood wounding. But if someone doesn't want to carry their emotional weight in a relationship, as painful as that separation is, man, the freedom on the other side of it, yeah. anything is worth it. Leave an arm and a leg is still yeah. worth it. I got the t-shirt. It's not pleasant. <laughs> no, but I think it's so interesting you said because the frequencies are different, and you, you know, and I, 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 I told told my husband, well, soon my ex-husband, but that you know when we met we were dancing the same dance of course so nice you know life has changed and we, we're not dancing the same dance and he doesn't want to dance with me up here yeah. and yeah. i don't want to dance down here with him it's yeah. easier for me to bring down my awareness to his state yeah. but it's killing me it you know because kill you. yeah it because i'm not true to myself yeah and yeah. that's real that's not like an energetic thing maybe the old you could have done that for a while part of mm. with the energy available now you will literally physically get sick Mm. the soul does not tolerate these things anymore no. it never did but i mean the personality and the soul like it, you, physically you will actually get ill to the point of not to punish you just to be like you know we, we get in these relationships i mean relationship is the most arduous spiritual path for awakening mm. really most people get into the you know this guy's hot this guy's this he's interesting she's interested it's not that is and to get to the next mm. level but either you do this together but when you don't it's actually destructive to both mm. people so just a given, just to say this, because so many people are going through this, if you lowered your frequency to be with them, it wouldn't just injure you. It would injure him because mm. it would allow his false self that doesn't want to shift mm. to stay there, but it would also enjoy your, it, it destroy your children because they would watch their mom and the lesson they get and this stuff's all real. I can tell you as a therapist, it's like, oh, in order to be in a relationship, you got to really betray yourself. Not, and, yeah, know, not be true to yourself. Not be true yeah. to yourself. And that's, so you know, it's very courageous. What you're doing is very painful and, you know, people's worst attributes come out of these times mm -hmm. because they're coming from a lack mentality. Mm -hmm. Because really the highest level awakening, which is very rare to have, is like, oh my God, if this person doesn't want to be with me, even I'm angry, I'm pissed and I'm this, it's going to be good for me too because it's not good for me. They don't want to be with me. But we don't go there as humans because this goes back to the fear over love. Mm -hmm. There's nothing here is lack. I got to hold on to this person. And if I can't have them, I'm going to punish the hell out of them to teach him a lesson. I got mm. that t-shirt. It's not pleasant. <laughs> How many t-shirts do you have? Oh, many t-shirts. I'm a master teacher. I'm just saying that I've been through a divorce. It's really horrendous, right? You, you love this person yeah. on one level. Mm -hmm. On one level, you got to protect yourself because now the, the... So this is the other thing about the spirituality. I learned this the hard way. I really opened up at a young age. And boy, I had to learn to start shutting down because that you can't be that open. It's just reality. You want to be open on a higher level. But your personality, like... People take all your shit, like your mm. heart, your body, your energy, your money. That's a common thing. So it's also learning that boundary part. Mm. So, 
yeah, yeah. this became like yeah. spiritual counseling 101 with relationships <laughs> but i, think I love it thank you thank you thank you so no, much no, no, I'm not, so I'm, so it's the most imp- it's the most important thing because really we're most of us are in relationship and most of us are having issues in our relationships right mm. now because people are changing really quickly mm. like yeah. the stuff that i'm or they're not or, or they're not or they're not so but the thing is yeah. something that took maybe me all three of us 10 years 15 years i'm seeing people doing like three months Can you imagine like yeah. how much is like throwing a grenade into a relationship one person has these awakening 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 mm-hmm. they feel totally stranger with this person the other person's scared i'm sure you, you know this like they're scared like oh my god who are you what are you doing why are you being so crazy like i'm not being crazy i'm being me so this is actually really important what we're talking about because that is a part of what's happening and these awakenings are happening mm-hmm. they happen mm-hmm. very rapidly now and they're very rapid times but you have to trust spirit like that's part of the plan so then we just, all we can do is like, we're not here to be married. We're here to be awake and to be honest mm. with self. That's what we're to be. We do that. This is a really profound thing. You take care mm. of yourself, not from an egoic place, from a heart place. Everyone gets taken care of around you. Mm. You don't want to go to that party, even though everyone wants to be there for you. Everyone will be taken care of, even though you have to disappoint other people. In your relationship, in your friendship, in your marriage. That is such a truth. And we're getting these truths. All we got to do is just act on it. We can't figure out, oh, but 10 years from now, he'll be better because he'll be with another woman. You don't worry about that. This no. is what I'm given right now. In this moment, I can just be like, this is who I am. You get your ass kicked for it because no one wants to hear that. You don't worry about that. And then you deal with the emotions that come up. I, lo- I love this. I'm like, this is like, can we, we Venmo you after this? <laughs> but wait, I just want to say one quick thing yeah. because I have to drive my kids to school. Yes. Is is there like so if we can just spend a little time saying that Abdi, will you come back? I would love to. This is lots of fun. Yeah, because we I we feel like it. we really we just yeah, no, we didn't even want, like we to... just scratched like no, the very, very surface is, of what we can talk about. And it's important stuff. Right. The awakening. Yeah, it's very important. People don't talk enough about the relationship. And I can tell you as a therapist, the relationship thing is huge because most of us are in some relationship. It really blows things up. So we can just even even that part of it. I'd love to come back. It's been a pleasure. You're the best, Bobby. You're the best. You're the best. You're my brother. (laughs) Is this already done now? Are we stopping now? She has to drive. Yeah, because it's seven already. Okay, my God. Sorry. Okay. We we're gonna do it again, Louis. Very soon. Okay. Hey, Such hey, 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 hey,